Good morning and welcome to Walking with Jesus Through the Word, one chapter per day. I'm Pastor Jason Van Bemmel from Forest Hill Presbyterian Church. It's day 262, and that brings us to Deuteronomy chapter 15. Deuteronomy 15 is what we have on tap for today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you because you are the author of Scripture. This is your word. We are here as your people to learn from you. So we pray that you would write your word on our hearts, that you would renew us in the knowledge of the truth, and that you would build us up in our faith in Christ. And we pray these things, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, Deuteronomy chapter 15. And pardon the tapping in the background. That's Catherine in the kitchen. At the end of every seven years, you shall grant a release. And this is the manner of the release. Every creditor shall release what he has lent his to his neighbor. He shall not exact it of his neighbor, his brother, because the Lord's release has been proclaimed. Of a foreigner, you may exact it, but whatever of yours is with your brother, your hand shall release. But there will be no poor among you, For the Lord will bless you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you for an inheritance to possess, if only you will strictly obey the voice of the Lord your God, being careful to do all this commandment that I command you today. For the Lord your God will bless you as he has promised you, and you shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow, and you shall rule over many nations, but they shall not rule over you. If one among you One of your brothers should become poor. If any in your towns within your land that the Lord your God is giving you, you shall not harden your heart or shut your hand against your poor brother, but you shall open your hand to him and lend him sufficient for his need, whatever it may be. Take care, lest there be an unworthy thought in your heart, and you say, the seventh year, the year of release is near, And your eye look grudgingly on your poor brother, and you give him nothing. And he cried to the Lord against you, and you be guilty of sin. You shall give to him freely, and your heart shall not be grudging when you give to him, because for this the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and in all you undertake. For there will never cease to be poor in the land. Therefore I command you, You shall open wide your hand to your brother, to the needy and to the poor in your land. If your brother, a Hebrew man or a Hebrew woman, is sold to you, he shall serve you six years, and in the seventh year you shall let him go free from you. And when you let him go free from you, you shall not let him go empty-handed. You shall furnish him liberally out of your flock, out of your threshing floor, and out of your wine press, As the Lord your God has blessed you, you shall give it to him. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God redeemed you. Therefore, I command you this today. But if he says to you, I will not go out from you, because he loves you and your household, since he is well off with you, then you shall take an all and put it through his ear into the door, and he shall be your slave forever. 
and to your female slave you shall do the same. It shall not seem hard to you when you let him go free from you, for at half the cost of a hired worker he has served you six years. So the Lord your God will bless you in all that you do. All the firstborn males that are born of your herd and flock you shall dedicate to the Lord your God. You shall do no work with the firstborn of your herd, nor shear the firstborn of your flock. You shall eat it, you and your household, before the Lord your God, year by year, at the place that the Lord will choose. But if it has any blemish, if it is lame or blind or has any serious blemish, whatever, you shall not sacrifice it to the Lord your God. You shall eat it within your towns. The unclean and the clean alike may eat it, as though it were a gazelle or a deer. Only you shall not eat its blood. You shall pour it out on the ground like water. That is Deuteronomy 15. And here God is really painting a rich portrait of what life lived under his lordship in his land as his people should look like. It's realistic. Even though God says in um, early, early in this chapter, he says, there will be no poor among you, in verse 4, for the Lord will bless you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you for inheritance to possess. He still tells you how to treat the poor. And he says down in verse 11, there will never cease to be poor in the land. So God is realistic on both ends. God says this, if you will obey my law, if you will do what I command you, if you'll be diligent and faithful, I will bless you and you will not be poor. But he knows that there's always going to be people who aren't diligent, who aren't faithful, and who don't always do what God commands to do. And so they will be poor. Or sometimes there will be circumstances beyond anyone's control because of someone else's sin, someone be, might be made poor. So a, you know, a band of Midianite raiders might come in and burn someone's crops and destroy their house. Or you know, someone might have to fight in a war and might get severely injured, right? There's all sorts of circumstances by which someone might come to be poor. Most of them do involve sin, either someone's own sin because they're lazy or a sluggard or irresponsible or what have you, or someone else that sins against them in oppression, in, you know, warfare, whatever. So, God is realistic here, but it's a, a very positive portrait of of how God's people are supposed to treat others. In particular, we're being told that every seven years, there is a release. There's a release of debt to all uh, fellow Israelite brothers and sisters, right? So if you, if something is owed to you, anything is owed to you by a fellow Israelite, you release it every seven years. You don't hold a debt note for longer than that. And he even says, um, down in verse 9, if there's someone poor in the land and they need something from you to make a living, and you know it's the sixth year and the seventh year is coming and you're going to have to release it, he says, even then you shall give to him freely and your heart shall not be grudging when you give it to him because for this the Lord your God will bless you in all your work that you undertake. So there's a, a measure of faithfulness and faith involved here. Faithfulness to do what God commands. Lend freely, 
without exacting interest and canceling the debt if it remains outstanding in the seventh year. That's pretty radical. Like that's not how lending practices work. You may have noticed that's not, if you go to the bank and say, I would like to take out a loan, I would like it to have no interest, and I would like it to automatically be canceled after seven years, whether I've paid it back or not. You know, they probably are going to have to pick them up off the floor for how much they're going to be laughing at you, and they'll just show you to the door, and they might even call like the local loony bin to take you away, because that's not how the world works. But it is how God's people are supposed to work. And if we're faithful, we have faith that God will provide our need, that if we're being generous to the poor, if we're being gracious to those who are in need, God will repay us and he will be gracious to us. If we will be free and generous and uh, gracious, God will be free and generous and gracious to us. And in servitude, servitude is to be six years and then in the seventh year to go free. This is indentured servitude. This is a practice that was widespread in numerous different cultures for millennia, really, until more recent times. It was a way of taking care of a debt. It was a way of helping people get out of poverty. If somebody has something, they just have nothing, right, other than the, the unskilled labor of their own hands, right? They're willing to work. But other than that, they have absolutely nothing to their name. Well, it would be kind to bring them into your home, bring them into your family, give them a place to live, give them a place to sleep, give them food to eat, give them clothing, teach them skills, teach them how to work with their hands. And then at the end of seven years, you don't send them out empty-handed, right? You give them liberally out of your flock, out of your threshing floor, out of your wine press. You give them what they need. One of my ancestors, in fact, I believe it's the first of my ancestors to come to Maryland, which was way back in the founding days of, of St. Mary's City in the 1640s, one of my ancestors came over and they were in indentured servitude. They were Scots-Irish and they sold themselves into indentured servitude and they served for six years. And in the seventh year, they were given tools and they were given land. So that was the wages in addition to room and board, of course, and, and some job skills that they picked up, labor skills they picked up along the way. That's how they got started in their life in the new world. And it was a good arrangement. And even sometimes the arrangement might be so good that the person might say, you know, I kind of like it here. Maybe they've taken a wife and had children and they feel like they're part of the family. And so they can volunteer to be bound to that family for life. And then there's a ceremony for that. But it's all volunteer at that point because all they owed you was the six years of labor. And he says in verse uh, 18, it shall not be hard to you when you let him go free for you, from you because You've had his labor at half of the cost of a hired worker for six years. And again, the Lord will bless you in all that you do. God says if you'll be faithful to be generous and kind and to treat your money and wealth and resources the way that I want you to, I will be faithful to you. It's not a guarantee. It's not saying if you tithe 10% to the church and you are generous to the poor, then God's going to make you a millionaire. That's You don't read that into it. That's how the prosperity gospel people get off track. But God does bless us in our obedience and that's true the form of the blessing is up to him so and then he says the firstborn are dedicated to the lord uh, this is a principle that he's established early on it really is a principle that points us to christ all of this language that you get throughout the old testament about the firstborn is always pointing us to christ christ is the firstborn over all creation. He's the firstborn from the dead. He's the firstborn of the new creation. 
So all this language of firstborn always points us to Christ. Christ, uh, he is alive forevermore. He's been resurrected from the dead. He's, he is the beginning of the new creation, and he sits at the right hand of God the Father. He is, he is turning all things over to God the Father. And so the firstborn are dedicated. It, it's a principle for us that we can apply in a practical way to say, we need to dedicate to God the first. We give God the first day of the week, the Lord's day. We give God the first 10% of our income, the first fruits. We give God our first thoughts and our first actions in the morning. I think that's a good principle. You wake up in the morning, what's the first thing you should be thinking about? The Lord. What's the first thing you should be doing? Spending time in his word. It's not an absolute. It's not like thus says the Lord, do this or you're sinning, but it's a good principle to follow. All right. Amen. Well, tomorrow we'll continue on to chapter 16. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word and for the rich truth of it, for the power of it. Father, write your word on our hearts as only you can, that we might be shaped by your spirit to be more like your son, the firstborn of all creation. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Join me again tomorrow for Deuteronomy 16. Have a blessed day in the Lord. Mm-hmm.